Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms and also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, AFRI. AFRI is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. Hello and welcome to Urbanistica podcast. Thank you, Mustafa. It's really nice to be here. Thank you so much for giving your time. How was your your day, your presentation? You just finished your presentation now. Yeah, I just had a very nice time here in uh, Torino. We are at the um, Utopian Hours Festival. It's yeah. very nice that they, they said they don't even like to um, have architects and talk <laughs> about architects. So it is a non architecture festival about the city yeah. and how we think about the future of the city and i loved it that's amazing so in this episode we're going to talk about architecture leadership uh, how architecture impact our lives and so on uh, you have a uh, great years of experience and i'm very happy and super curious to, to talk to you so um tell me like how was your journey from you started your first day until today? <laughs> a lot of years. Thousands of days, <laughs> tens of thousands, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, 35 years. Yeah. Uh, actually, we recently celebrated with our global leadership team. Congratulations. Which we now have, so it's very, very nice. Yeah. And um, we have been very lucky. Mm. We, we have been... Uh, part of a generation where architecture um, could reinvent itself mm -hmm. and uh, got new chances and, and people, when we were young, people were very interested in young architects, yeah. so that was very lucky. Um, now we are older, they are, um, they are not uh, less interested, <laughs> I'm happy to say, <laughs> and um, architecture has developed in a way that I could never have foreseen when mm. we were uh, in the 1980s ourselves studying and, uh, and and writing also about the architects who were then coming up like uh, Zaha did, Cole yeah. Himmelblau, and but everything has changed. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, do you see that uh, like the digitalization and the tools change the role of architect completely changed mm. um, from right from the word go and the challenge is that you always have to find your own way to work with them they are tools yeah and the you have to make the tool your own yeah and um so it did when when we were in the 90s, I think when this was beginning and coming up, and there was also very interesting theory about it, and and everyone found their own way, yeah. what it meant for them. And for us, um, initially, it was this tool of the digital 
um, was very much about bridging between um, design and building. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, for instance, for the Erasmus Bridge in Rotterdam, one of our first projects, we were um, really working for the first time with CAD and we had a straight away connection with the engineer that was before that's unthinkable you ah, didn't have that right and even um things that we designed in mm. our office could go into the um, uh, cutting machines of a building who was working on a ship wharf <laughs> that was revolutionary yeah, and yeah. so this did but that was also really where the value of it was for us yeah yeah and now with ai what do you think about AI? AI? Yeah, AI, we are again challenged and we also want to make it our own. And we already, we do use AI, mm -hmm. but we have developed our own AI sure. okay. because we don't want it to be completely randomly, um, yeah, everything thrown at us, which, yeah. you know, we can also see that there are many risks if mm. you are just... Um, yeah mm, not filtering it or not really steering it in your direction so i think it is a, it's a wonderful challenge to mm. make it your own tool yeah, yeah yeah what how do you see the role of uh, an architect like let's say now or, or in the nearest future is it like still the person who decide how the future will look like or is it going to be mm -hmm. changed yeah, I, I mean, these last few days uh, here at Utopian Hours are very much about engaging with mm. the community, about participation, um, inviting, um, yeah, not just inviting other, in a way, inviting yourself into mm. the real users and the real decision makers and, and, um, and working with them. Um, and and I believe that is very important part of the future. It is what we are also uh, doing a lot mm -hmm. already mm -hmm. in Human mm -hmm. Studio, and we have in Human Studio we have um, also many different uh, specialists. We are not just architects and urban designers and landscape architects. Um, for instance, I am here with uh, a young colleague, Diana Juris. Um, and she is a strategist. Yeah. And so she has colleagues also within uh, mm. UN Studio. And we have also uh, urbanists who are specialists in uh, working with um, these community-led processes. So this is uh, very, very important. That said, I think that as an... Um, that everyone brings something to the table. Mm. You, it's not that we are just sitting there blankly. Mm. We are. Had, there, there. Someone put up a picture. Um, if you are not at sitting at the table, you are the meal uh, on the menu. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but if you are sitting at the table, you yeah. are there for a reason, mm. and that's because you have something to bring to the table. Yeah. And that, I think, is equally important. Mm -hmm. So you see, like, the role of an architect will be more collaboration, not only with other disciplines, but also with the citizen or the people. Yes, very much so. Mm. And I um, also had, uh, had had breakfast this morning with a, a colleague from uh, Washington, and they are offering also uh, tr for, for these citizens to be trained to also be... Um, more fluent in those okay. uh, participatory 
um, processes to mm. to become uh, yeah to have uh, very productive meetings with professionals mm. it's all yeah it is a, i think these are very interesting developments yeah. we have also experience on one of our projects in um, in the netherlands of a large uh, experimental neighborhood where for instance a young uh, woman is expressing total surprise that she uh, gets to say anything she they uh. are thinking maybe um go going to live somewhere in a neighborhood it's like shopping you buy a house and that's all okay. but to say to say yeah it's more to it than that mm. and you also you can get have a lot more choice mm -hmm. and you can be also part of the thing uh, team that makes it mm. but you then you are engaged and you're doing something exactly but she they had she had no idea so there are many people who have drifted so far away from mm. these uh, participatory processes exactly. that they just don't even know it exists yeah but Caroline, you don't see that uh, the role of an architect are becoming less and less how to say now we're like it's more about listening to other putting others opinion together uh, before it was like an architect do the things draw create the vision but now it's becoming less and less as a now it's more like coordinating and putting together many perspective do you see it's becoming like less and less um, i don't want to say, no it's not impactful but taking less place I, I would say that um, we, have, so UN Studio is 35 years old and all our time we have never been in that position of the master planner, that hierarchical person mm. who was just there to make a blueprint and tells everyone else what to do. That had already gone. Mm. That, that, um, With Le Corbusier? That, that was exactly that time had already uh, mm. passed yeah. and uh, for instance Ben uh, van Berkel he compared it to uh, being like the composer um, John Cage you are walking along the orchestra you are not the director in front of mm. it and it is so I have we have never known another reality reality than that yeah yeah and if we if we talk about innovation and uh, an architect should be more innovative in, in projects and in the role in everyday life. W how do you define innovation? Hmm, that is a, a very interesting uh, question. And uh, we have actually thought about it. Mm. Um, and, and we slowly came to the conclusion that we wanted to not see it as innovation for its own sake it had to be a real improvement mm. so in there's no no point in innovating something for its own sake okay. but if there is an opportunity to um, to make things better in a new way mm. that then it is innovative yeah. in a good way yeah and you have you have been uh, in the field for more than 35 years a big team how can we uh, as architects be more innovate, innovative? Like, do you have some kind of tips for us, advice? Yeah, I, I, um, we, we have, um, I don't, I don't want to think in terms of tips or advice because 
it is such an a path you really have to find for yourself but but we are um yeah we are we've always been very interested in the um the role of the architect mm. what in society as it okay. were what can you how how are you positioned what what can you do how how does it work and um and that i think it's just a purely a fascination mm. um with that and that so to to very important is to i think to retain your your curiosity and your uh, engagement with um yeah with the whole of society and then yeah you will see where which direction which things are going mm. uh where you think oh it is also yeah that that could also work for us and that's that's interesting what is mm. happening there and we could play a part in there um so be being very open-minded to a lot of developments around you um i i've I think um, also learn to be um, not judgmental, but really, really open and really being very lucky to have such a, a world-spanning practice that yeah. you see how incredibly diverse mm. the world is. And and um, so that well, our, the small part that, that we are from is just such a very small part of the world. Yeah. yeah. When you say judgmental like um how how do you mean well you you um being very interested and and in interested in prolonging the contact there's no mm. cutting off point um uh, yeah this is um i we we um don't like this or uh -huh. we find this strange or okay. um you know you can always go a little bit further yeah um yeah and and um and yeah so try to understand um also what it's like from that other person's uh, perspective mm. and and what what they are looking for i was just saying in my um presentation also in amsterdam only about 120 years ago or so mm. people were dying of cholera in the slums yeah um we have had uh, yeah, massive improvement in mm. housing, made a lot of mistakes with that. Same mistakes are now being repeated elsewhere. Mm. But who are we to say you can't make our mistakes? Yeah. You know, again, just because we have tried to learn from them and we mean, see the same yeah. mistakes being made somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. These, that's the sort of thing I mean about. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how, how can we think here? Because let's say in the developed countries how to say we had uh, we have highways a lot of cars mm. we did it and that and that and now in the, some developed countries they are taking almost the same path yeah now you know like okay now it's time for highways and cars and so on at the same time we are telling no this is not good yeah but they 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 see it's like something it's it's the future yeah so how that's right that's how, exactly what i mean yeah that's like, exactly what we come up against uh yeah the, uh, we are now saying we've had all the toys and and we not it's not good and they never had them yet and they uh yeah so it's difficult to say that's why um i mean should we keep silent should we say stop it 
no i don't think we should try to teach each other uh, mm. lessons uh, <laughs> we should um, try hopefully we can collaborate and in in a positive way um make people had be attracted for instance we did a um a metro network in uh, doha qatar and um how i'm i'm not completely sure if the designers on the team see it the same way but mm. when i looked at what they were proposing i thought hmm, it makes sense because in qatar they are all very rich oil costs nothing they drive these enormous cars yeah. why would they give it up then only if um uh yeah if you make a going in the metro like being first class in the airplane then it's attractive enough it's interesting yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah so yeah. that's i think um a strategy that yeah. that you could um that you could try out yeah. yeah and if we zoom out and look at the un studio yeah you are in six countries and more than 300 uh, people working which mm -hmm. is like amazing mm. um you go back in time would you ever imagine this scale that no, the studio never, will grow no, this <laughs> no i had never imagined it and uh, at that time that that was also that our yeah, architecture as a profession also has changed so that that was not never likely mm -hmm. um i also probably uh, underestimated the size of our ambitions <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the size of the projects and and also the need for that um had uh, that that professional um depth that you need to have in your practice because that is yeah that 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 is um something that has grown a lot eh? with mm -hmm. the, the what they say the risk society uh, you've you've got to be um able to to handle so much yeah and and for that you yeah it's that for that reason alone we mm. we are uh, growing with the times as it were yeah but it's also very very nice and we still have um, very strong family feeling in our um, office and um, yeah Ben uh, goes round to all the studios mm. and uh, works with all the designers so it's 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 strange but it's also possible to yeah um, yeah it's maybe in the in I sometimes think of the painters in the 17th century who so also sometimes had very very large studios mm. and uh, so if that is suited to your temperament yeah. as a person it is it is still a very artistic practice yeah yeah because my next question is about shouldn't an architecture studio or urban design or planning scale up or stay for 10 people what, what is your reflection uh, I I think the beauty of uh, architecture is that you can choose you can yeah. it can you can yeah. be an architect uh, in any way you you can be uh just that that smaller practice and have have that um and and you know this so there's so many uh varieties mm, uh, yeah. of ways that you can practice architecture in i think that is the very nice way um if you scale up as we did it gives you some flexibility in the sense that for instance now in the netherlands the 
uh, yeah, the, the, the housing uh, market is very difficult. Mm. Once again, every so often it's, uh, you know, collapses again. Yeah. And, and so it gives us the flexibility. On the other hand, of course, it's also a big risk because then you have a very big studio that costs a lot of money every yeah. month. Yeah. So there's not, I think, an ideal uh, way. Size or... No, mm, no. Mm. But, but personally, I find it really, really satisfying that we can give nice and interesting work to so many people mm. and give them opportunities and and yeah i love that and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so i wouldn't have it another way yeah. at the moment yeah. but i've also we've also i've also struggled it's not always been easy of, no yeah. how how do you keep uh, 300 plus people going and working toward one vision like the UN studio, mm. like how do you yeah. engage them in, diff in six different countries? Yeah, well, that's again a very, very good question. If we knew the answer, every day would be easier <laughs> also. <laughs> uh, no, it is, yeah. I think that a lot of people who, actually everyone who comes to Yuma studio knows the work and they they, sometimes we have to, almost try to make them not design too much like you in studio but to also be open for change ah. but they know eh, it's very yeah. self-selecting yeah. yeah. um, so that is one thing but we also have to work on it and we are um, actually um, really working very hard have been working very hard the past two years on our yeah, future strategy and the codification of design mm. um, is a part of that. But um, as it turns out, it's a, it's a very um, um, abstract form of codification that mm. is really about, um, yeah, giving a lot of freedom to uh, designers to, to do the things right. But we have some overarching goals. Yeah, and yeah. Like, health mm, um, mm. having you know contributing positively mm. to um, the health of the planet sustainability circularity these are big big goals that everyone has come to mind yeah, yeah. should yeah. contribute to it yes it's everything should contribute to yeah, that so yeah. if we are all aligned on that mm -hmm. yeah. mm. and how do you keep a people staying in the studios like what are the important elements I think interesting work that challenges you like is uh, that you, that you you yeah you you really like your your work you mm. like your team, but we also um, have um, again worked very hard on uh, offering many many um, possibilities for growth. You know, like, real career paths. Um, you can develop. Uh, you you can see from the people around you how you could move ahead mm. in the company if you wanted to but you can also move ahead in different ways it doesn't mean that you have to become a manager as uh, you yeah. mature but you can also uh, yeah uh, specialize for instance you can can become a um, a, um, a director or a partner in, in the future as a designer uh, okay. or as a technical specialist mm -hmm. and uh, so that's that's um, these multiplicities of of different paths for people is something we try because it's it's very important you are pointing to a very important issue that we um yeah all the 
practices uh, are looking for the best talent. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm. And um, a lot of uh, young people, they might want to, how to say, to speed up the career and, and uh, take this position, that position, and so on. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about this, like making a very speedy career and trying to, to reach to the highest position? Really quickly. Yeah, like yeah. A, this quick kind of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, what do I say? Um, I think in you, I yeah, I think you learn a lot in practice. There's a lot to learn mm -hmm. about this uh, profession. So, um, of course, if if people we we encourage ambition, we we encourage people to have drive. Also, if they want to be entrepreneurial, yeah. So absolutely, it's mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. It's anything is possible. But probably you will find that you have to learn a lot uh, yeah, to have the skills the in order yeah, yeah, yeah to have the skills the knowledge there's such a vast amount of knowledge that mm. you you know you need to to have at your fingertips but also to access very quickly and um, to also the processes in in our field of course always very very long yeah. before you have you know, designed, but also then maybe build something. Mm -hmm. We have had sometimes people working with us for 10 years and they've been unlucky and nothing they've worked on uh, has been built. So yeah. it's only even a small fraction of yeah. what we do that gets built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and let's say if an architect um, doesn't see these uh, like uh, possibilities in growing, uh, taking uh, more responsibility or can put like uh, more creativity, because like, let's say the manager doesn't allow them to do that. Uh, wh what are the scenarios? Should this person stay in this company? Should this person leave the company? Well, um, uh, we are moving towards uh, also having a more open structure. I, I think in the past, we had teams that were, of course, it's very important to have a good team, a solid team that mm. knows each other, is very well versed together, yeah. uh, things work quickly. At the same time, um, you also uh, can be very good to move teams sometimes mm. and for teams to have uh, to work, have cross collaborations. And we see now. Uh, in the last few years that the number of these cross-team collaborations mm. is growing enormously. Ah. And then it can happen that, um, yeah, one manager has a different type of working relationship and it can work much better under yeah. someone else. Yeah. So this, um, I think, is a very important part of mm. the studio, that it's, that it's open and that you... Yeah, you cultivate these these really good working relationships, but at the same time also open and move away. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You have been a manager. Uh, you work a lot with other managers as well. Um, from the years, what should managers stop doing in <laughs> order to keep stop doing? To, in order to keep people stay in well, the studios? Well, I as um, to give my own example. I am stopping managing. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but you get paid to take care of the business. Yeah, but um, we have now um, 
since the last few years, we have also hired a professional managing director who has been trained to become a manager. Ah. And um, I am uh, seeing that I, uh, I, it gives me the freedom to be much more closely involved with the uh, design processes, with clients, um, uh, with events such as this, with uh, the mm. content. So I am very happy to um, to do that mm. uh, and I think it is good to also yeah for for us it is very good that we can um, yeah that 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 we can um, compartmentalize a little bit and mm. let a manager be a manager and the manager also um, respects that the core business is design and architecture yes, yeah. and they they're not going to interfere with that mm, so mm, mm. Yeah. more more things that managers should stop doing mm, i no i i can't think of anything then then i'd have to think of a really bad manager but i i don't have any um personal experience mm. where something went really really wrong mm, um, mm. because particularly because of management i can think of mistakes that that we made ourselves <laughs> <laughs> and if we if we if we look on uh, on the other side uh an architect what should architect stop doing mm. Yeah, I I think that um, architects are um, are extremely optimistic and positive. Um, sometimes you can. Um, it, it's I think it's good when architects and managers maybe work together a little bit on um, channeling <laughs> their <laughs> optimism yeah. in in the mo in the best um, direction mm -hmm. but i also feel that architects actually um that this is you know such a great quality that that optimism is still there that mm. they can share it in the world that they can always imagine um a better world so i i think it is is good if architects um keep uh, mm. especially doing that and really um, take care that they don't uh, lose that fantastic yeah, yeah, quality yeah. yeah yeah do you think that architects can change the world uh, yes of course they and unfortunately in good uh, but also unfortunately in in negative ways mm. and we have uh, as, as people and architects have played a big part in it transformed uh, the world mm. but I really feel that everyone is infused now with the sense that that change is necessary um, everyone wants it and um, even uh, you know when when I was talking recently with an um, yeah with an investor also about a project and talking about investment and they um, they were saying yeah, your budget is someone else's pension. Everyone ah. has a responsibility yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. has to work together mm. to really um, make that uh, world better. Mm. And, and this is all related. Of course. It's all related. And um, I think architects are also 
very very aware of that now mm. um that that these things are all related and the 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 demands on also the um, growing um technical expertise they are very very big so this is something that also i think that the bigger practice such as we um have mm. is um, really needing all its cash yeah. to invest into that mm, it mm. is it is so important that that technology is so important and that that is um to to really make these steps into sustainability yeah uh, yeah yeah and and based on the past what skills do we need in order to make a future like maybe we need to learn completely new or maybe we should develop yeah transformation and regeneration are super super important mm, mm. and we see that I, I, I today i didn't show it but i um yeah we are actually undertaking a lot of transformation mm. and regeneration projects at the moment there's a, a big train station in madrid mm. that that we are working on and that is completely um transformation and or, or yeah regeneration i think what is very important to realize that um transformation and and regeneration isn't always about uh, conservation it can be you know um a real transformation and an improvement mm. um of an area mm. and and again it has to be everything has to come together it is yeah. never um yeah one one single goal or one parameter that you mm. want to uh, maximize and yeah. actually this was something that we already um for the first time articulated uh, like that in 1995 mm -hmm. and it became one of the mainstays also of of our manifesto book move <laughs> that actually US studio is based on yeah but we called it the waterbed principle it was a very primitive early idea of parametricism that if you a water bed if you press on one mm -hmm. point the water comes up somewhere yeah. else so this relational approach mm -hmm. is something that we um very uh, in a very primitive way had incorporated in our work right from the beginning mm. and i think that is very very important so it is um, technological sustainability etc yeah. is very important but it has to completely match the experiential quality as mm. well mm. for mm. it to work because in the end it's going to be used by people you want to nudge them exactly. into healthy behaviors yeah. to really have an in an incremental effect yeah also respond to the challenges that they are facing as well of course mm -hmm. of course yeah before moving to the last uh, question um how do you keep the work life balance like for you yes we start as you caroline for everyone and the, yeah yeah um we, we, it's very important before you, sorry yeah. before you start yeah. uh, the answer because we train in the university to work 24 hours and uh, i remember it was a kind of competition who stays late in the night yeah. and work on the project so it's a kind of like five years or more of training to stay late um okay so <laughs> that's not good i i i see what you mean yeah. and i recognize it mm -hmm. that it is uh, in the culture of the uh, profession, of the profession. Mm -hmm. i think it's unhealthy 
and um, you, we have, we are often thinking about it and tackling it all through our um, work life. What we, what you often see in, in, I think a practice like you in studio is not unique in it, but we get people from all over the world. So we get young people. Uh, they move to a new town. Um, yeah, most their, their friends, their whole life is built yeah. around yeah. our office, mm. uh, and then. People get a little bit older, they have a family, and of course, then the work-life balance changes. Change, so yeah. I think that everyone now understands that that's how it goes. It's a natural cycle of life. Um, we've got to be very careful that people don't burn out. We have had uh, people burn out in the past, and um, in in cases, a few, like three cases that I remember well, mm um it's just um it's just taken time and give enough time and people can mm. uh come back enjoy yeah. their work again find their own uh boundaries mm. um and and also i see it uh i see it also in my own life not every um year is the best year of your life you sometimes have yeah. times where there where you're not uh, functioning at mm, at your mm, peak, mm. and that's okay. Everyone has that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. So, last question is about you. Give three messages to our listeners. It could be anything, but messages that encourage us to create a more brighter future. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice, very nice question. Um, I think I I will relate a little bit back to what I just spoke about here in Torino, which is that we um, are um, we we are um, often designing with a lot of um, parameters that we get demands from the clients deliverables. Um, we are calculating uh, the best use, the most efficiency density, and I think efficiency is still far too much mm. of a uh, driver. And we should really think about other values that um, uh, determine our um, experience. And I am also thinking of. Um, I was talking about emotional values as mm. well. How does how well how does it um, impact on your affect on your on your life mm. as it were? That and and cities we need more places that where we can have different types of emotional experiences. Um, it's a long answer. Sorry, I will try to keep <laughs> you <all> shorter. <laughs> oh. um, uh, everything has already been done, but not by you. So ah. be you. Okay. Yeah. 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 And um, keep keep going. It's mm. uh, sometimes seems easier to give up, but don't give up. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving your valuable time to record this podcast. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure.